Hello and welcome to Talking to the Movies, your favorite movie podcast. We're your hosts, Brenna and Kara. And this week we are talking about an epic fantasy adventure in The Green Knight. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Um, I and I'm excited to hear what you think too. It's just like there's so much good stuff there. <laughs> there is a lot of good stuff there, and <laughs> our own Texan David Lowry directed it, which is cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, born and bred Texan, DFW area. I. It's funny. I always like brag about that, but then I also always forget it. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> No, I forget it too. Because we originally talked about on a previous episode that he might be doing like a talk or something at the Texas Theater. Uh huh. Did we find any more info out on this, or is it false? Is it true? What what's what's the dealio? Yeah, it was kind of both. So he, I heard that he did a virtual Q and A after the the first screening at the Texas Theater. Um, Unfortunately, I was out of town, so I should have told you. I think I, like, read it and was like, oh, man, I'm not going to be here. And it, like, poofed out of my brain. But <laughs> but he did do one. He did a virtual one, which, you know, I wonder. I hope they can post it somewhere sometime. I'd love to go back and watch it. And um, I feel like he's always extra kind to the local crowd. <laughs> he's, like, I was going to say that. He's, like, a very personable yeah. Dude. Like I was listening to a couple other interviews with him and I was like, you are just the most down to earth director ever. Like, it's <laughs> like very kind and yeah, very nice dude. Agreed. He wrote this really awesome um, essay for A24 about kind of the path that led him to make a movie iteration of The Green Knight. And it was really cool and, and very down to earth. It was basically like, you know, I was a nerdy kid who was obsessed with knights and Arthurian legend. And um, it was just a really endearing essay and um, kind of speaks to, he's just kind of like an everyman who loves, who's imaginative and loves movies and stories. And you can really tell that in his work, I think. <laughs> no, yeah. And I heard the same thing in like one of his interviews I was listening to today, but he was like, he was just, he's, he tried, he was saying something that he tries to make the best decision he can in different things. And he's always trying to be a good person. And I was like, wow, what a stand up dude. And then I also learned <laughs> that he has nine brothers and sisters. So what? Oh my goodness. Well, therein lies the humility. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I, I was always fighting for attention. So I, I don't think anything of my big ego. I know, exactly. <laughs> well, gosh, I bet it was fun to recreate those uh, epic night battles then, with, oh, <laughs> assuming his brothers and sisters went along with it. I don't know, but... <laughs> I bet. he. I think he's the oldest, so he probably would have... Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Bullied Kept the other ones. Line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If we ever run into him, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in his next film, he'll do a he'll do an IRL um, speaker engagement, and we can we can chat him up. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> I keep saying that phrase IRL a lot lately. I need to stop. Like, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Well, I'm a, I'm impressed that you even use phrases. Like, I'm hearing <laughs> phrases all the time now that I have no idea what they mean. Like, I literally learned of you have good ox the other day. What's that? Is, that's like you have good taste in music, like auxiliary, like 
You got Whoa. good dogs. Yeah. Is that like a Gen Z phrase? Yeah. Or is everyone saying it? Okay. It's, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I also <laughs> just learned what Kooji is. And I don't know. <laughs> is it something inappropriate? No, I think it's, oh. I think I think it's Kooji, but I think it's like I, I'm probably saying this wrong. As I'm editing this, I'm realizing that I did say this word wrong. It's actually Chugi. But it's like it's like people of our generation who think they're dressing cool, but they're actually dressing like for like ten years like, prior. Oh, coochie. I think that's interesting. What it is. I mean, hey, it's, it sounds right to me. I'm so out of touch with what's hip with the kids. I <laughs> I want to try and work that into some conversations. I was like, since I don't know what this word is, I, that probably means that I am coochie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I am too. <laughs> Especially if it's about like dressing <laughs> yeah. in a way you think is cool and is actually not. <laughs> Oh, man. oh boy! Well, that was a tangent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> speaking of language, yeah, it's like the complete opposite of that. Just some uh, heavy hitting medieval way of speaking going on here, and but in a way that I liked and was really cool. But <laughs> did you did you see this movie in theaters? I did. Um, yeah, I saw it in. An AMC theater in Fort Worth, mm. um, and it was a pr- it was like a medium filled theater, but oh, that's good. I saw th- we saw three different couples walk out of this movie, <gasps> like in the midst of it, in the middle of it. What? Yeah. Wow. That's Did you so see anyone walk out of your movie? Not that I'm aware of, but I also saw it at the Texas Theater, and it was, like, a late showing, and I feel like everybody who was there was of a certain type. Like, yeah. you know, like, they sought this movie out um, and yeah. knew kind of what they were getting into. But that's so interesting that that I happened. Know. And sad. Yeah. yeah, it was sad. But, yeah, should we talk about what this movie's about? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the Green Knight is an epic fantasy adventure based on the timeless Arthurian legend the green knight tells the story of sir gawain uh king arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew and who embarks on a daring quest to confront the the green knight a gigantic emerald skinned stranger and tester of men (laughs) um so yeah what did you think about this movie brenna what'd you think oh boy um i really really loved it like i feel just like an a24 you know, basic whatever saying that. <laughs> um, I really loved it. And interestingly enough, like I knew that I liked it, you know, after we saw it and we're kind of heading home, but I had to sleep on it a little bit to fully get a grasp on everything I was feeling. <laughs> but long story short, I feel like the more I thought about it and, you know, played back certain scenes, um, I actually upped my letterbox score from my initial rating of it, um, which I try not to do that often. I try not to, you know, <laughs> change the integrity of my letterbox scores. But, um, but yeah, I, I really, really liked it. And I think, um, I'm curious to hear what you think, but I, I, speaking of the couples you saw leaving, I think maybe part of what is a little bit unusual is it's just not really what you expect for a movie of this subject matter. And I think that's why it took me a little bit to sort through everything too, but... At the end, I really loved it. 
What did you think? No, I did really love it. Um, it was like one of those movies that fully comes together at the end. And yeah. it's just the perfect movie to go to with someone. I heard someone say the other day that there's five o'clock or there, no, there's six o'clock movies and then there's eight o'clock movies. And the eight o'clock oh. movies you see <laughs> are like ones that you go to bed afterwards and you're like, whatever, that was easy, easily digestible, whatever. And then the mm-hmm. earlier movies are ones that you like want to talk about afterwards and maybe do a little research on. And this is definitely one of those movies because it's, yeah. it's one of those movies that's fun to pick apart. Like, what do you think he was trying to say here? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And I just feel like he did, like, a phenomenal job at just revamping this story, this poem that existed, Mm -hmm. and taking it somewhere really different and new, so. Agreed. I love that description of movies. That's so good. A five o'clock movie and an eight o'clock movie. It's like, like, yes, that's perfect. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, kind of speaking to what you said too, just about you, it's fun to pick apart and, you know, luxuriate in the detail. That's something I love just about David Lowry. And I think that's, you know, remembering who he is and, you know, what he likes to do through film is kind of what really pushed me over the edge from a like to love in this because it may not be what you typically expect from um, just like a gallivanting epic nightly tale but it really is what you would expect from him and I think through that lens it makes it super satisfying I don't know if I just did it 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 helped get your point across okay (laughs) strange hand gesture (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah he's it's really great um and it read me a lot of just a ghost story, which I know you and I are both big fans of. Um, but you can definitely see that touch in both of these. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I feel like he's really good at... There were some funny parts in this movie. Like, I will say that. Mm-hmm. There was, like, some, a little bit of humor and comedy at the, like, beginning part of the movie. But he really does do serious well and, like, do deeper meaning well and... I mean, especially in this where there's like so many different metaphors that are going on that he just really kills it, I feel like. And and even though it is like deeper, it is pretty easily digestible with just like the fact that the whole plot is like him being on a quest and you realize that he's... It almost feels like you're watching a play, like in that there's different like sets and different... What what is, what is the play like? Not scenes. What is it called? Oh, like acts. Yes, different acts. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're so right. That it very much is like they even get their own title card. Very difficult to read title cards in some yeah. cases. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I really like how it kind of stayed true to that format, and it, it did make it easier to chunk up and you're like okay this is it kind of signaled that this is supposed to be something different happening in this part like we are going to pivot whereas if it had been just completely you know smooth um and just transition normally it might have been a little bit more confusing i think um 
and there were still some parts that were confusing, but in an, like, <laughs> I just like lead that up to the mysticism and I'm like <laughs> endeared by it. But, <laughs> but yeah, I liked, I liked that element of it too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So not to like skip to the very end of the movie. <laughs> it's a hot topic. Yes. But I'm always interested to like figure out like kind of what your point of view is, view is on certain things to see if like we like correlate or whatever. Yeah. But there's, like, two major things that are, like, left very ambiguous in this movie. And at mm-hmm. the end, it's, like, it does he, does the Green Knight end up killing him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, two, like, what the mother's intentions were with, right. with all this. So I'm, like, just curious to see what you think on those two. Yeah. No, I love this. Getting right into it. And I guess we should say, we're going to spoil this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I think it, it definitely is warranted to have like a really in-depth conversation about it. But um, yeah, so first of all, love the ending, just adored it. I've heard some people say that it was like they found it not satisfying or just kind of like what or jarring, but I, I really, really liked the ending. Um, you know, at first I was kind of on the side of the Green Knight kills him. Like, you know, and and that's, but that's still fine and a happy ending because by then Gawain is kind of understood, you know, that he's, he's got a better understanding of what it means to have honor. Um, and that like, (laughs) this is kind of like macabre, but it's also like a David Lowry thing, just like contemplating your own mortality and feeling like, you know, even, even if I didn't die here, is there actually more waiting for me? Is there glory and honor? Like, or am I okay with what I've done so far, even if I haven't achieved, like, the shining banner of what I used to think honor was? But, so, anyway, I thought he, I was of the opinion that he actually, like, decapitated him. <laughs> um, but I've kind of switched. I, I now kind of think maybe he didn't. Um, And part of that is kind of skewed just by my digging into and learning more about what happens in the actual poem. So I'm kind of letting myself be persuaded. But um, I think it's also kind of fun to read it as like, he's like, well, off with your head, but not like you learned your (laughs) lesson. (laughs) Go on home now. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, in terms of his mother, and, and this is why, because I think when I think about what his mom was up to, um, who, um, make sure I get the character's name right. His, so his mom is Morgan Le Fay, who um, I think was kind of in that folklore was kind of at odds with Merlin and was, you know, known to be a practicer of witchcraft. So, which I think is clear in the movie, but um, I think she was setting up this whole appearance of the Green Knight, the whole challenge, knowing, you know, that Gawain was likely to step forward into it. And and so she was kind of orchestrating a quest for him, like an opportunity for honor to kind of give him a little boot that he so clearly needed, like (laughs) to grow up a bit um, and go after something. And so I think to me, if I read it like that, he wasn't going to die because like if his mom's truly behind it, she would want him to like achieve that honor or at least have learned a big lesson and, you know, come home. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I could honestly vacillate between both scenarios. And I think I like them both, funny enough, like no matter what really was to happen. 
Um, but anyway, what, what did you read it as? <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, you and I have very similar takes. Like, mm-hmm. I think the, the theme of honor, like you said, is like super huge. And like, technically, like the word honor, we can be like, oh yeah, like to like receive honor. I mean, technically he would receive honor if he had worn the belt, escaped yeah. his death. Everyone thought that he slayed the Green Knight and he would have had honor. But really yeah. the true honor that, like, is being asked of him and, like, that he's, like, going through these, like, this test of virtues is, like, true honor, which is, like, doing what you've said you're going to do and, like, showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with you with that. And I really did like that last scene yeah. where you kind of see, like, what his life would have looked like yeah. if he had chosen to, like, use the belt or whatever and... Uh-huh. Or ran it's away. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, I think that was also like, The Last Temptation of Christ has like a very similar thing too. So I think that mm-hmm. was like, kind of like hinting back to that. Yeah. But also I think that like technically, like the green, like to me, I think like the true enemy or like the true antagonist in this film is like his own pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the green knight being like of nature and like he's, I don't think that he's an antagonist. I think he's just like fighting for what he believes is his and like man taking Mm -hmm. over nature, all that. And I don't think his mom is an antagonist either. I don't think that she, like, I think she's trying to help him become a better man. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, for that reason, I think that like we're supposed to view the antagonist as being like, man's pride like or whatever but yeah so I I agree with you I think (laughs) I think the green knight didn't kill him and I think the mom is good (laughs) but I was worried there for a little bit because I was like I kind of feel like the mom is bad and she's doing bad things but right uh, yeah it's interesting in the beginning it definitely I mean I could I love like just the mood of the beginning of this movie and it's it breeds very horror to me from the jump but then it kind of evolves but yeah, so like in the beginning, when you're first seeing what his mother's up to and, you know, the rituals that she and those other women are doing, it feels like very dark and you're like, what is going on here? And, and but then, yeah, over the course of the movie, you know, we see at least what I assume was his mom show up in the form of um, that adorable little fox and the woman <laughs> at the the old blindfolded lady at the castle where the um, lord and lady were. Yeah. Um, you know, I took that as her being a protective presence to him, um, which is also interesting because it feels like she gave him an extra bit of test at the end when he's almost to the green cathedral and the fox cuts him off and it's like, you should turn back. Like, there's really nothing happy for you here. And that was confusing to me at first because I was like, wait, I thought, like, she wanted this to happen. But I think it was just an added layer into, like, him being tested. But but anyway, yeah, I think because she showed up as a protective presence throughout it, I'm with you. Like, I really feel like she was – she had good intentions there and that that plays into, you know, nobody has to die at the end of this. <laughs> right, right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that, I haven't read the poem, but I'm pretty sure that in the poem, he passes every test except his last test. And in this, Mm -hmm. he fails every test until his last. 
Oh, interesting. I think I think I heard that I heard that about the poem, but I hadn't really thought about the like the flip on the movie version the versus opposite. the poem. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um yeah, that's really cool. And that would make sense too just cuz I've heard that there's been weird backlash from people who were previously really big fans of the poem and were like he changed too much and that would that would track with that. But I think at the end of the day they still have the same thesis between the two of them and that's really all that matters to me but I'm no scholar on the poem so <laughs> man you really can't please anyone these days there's always it's gonna... true it's true <laughs> the discourse is gonna get turned on no matter what <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh man but one more thing about the ending, too, is that, you know what it made me think of was um, La La Land. <laughs> oh, <Weirdly gosh>. enough. <laughs> Please tell me. How? <laughs> wait, wait. No, just with the, like, um, I guess you've seen La La Land, right? I should. Yes, and my opinion on that movie is an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it, if okay. that's yours. <laughs> but I just don't think it's that great of a movie. I don't really I don't either. Okay. I felt like it was long and kind of like slow, but yeah. But no, what reminded me of La La Land was the one thing I did really like about that movie was the end, how they, they showed like, they're like, this is the happy version of like, like the Hollywood ending um, that maybe they could have gotten if they, if you know, if this was in the movies, but it's real life. So this isn't what happens, but they do that cool like musical number where it shows them like reconnecting and their life plays out and they get married and have a baby and it's like oh the curtains close and it's so happy and then it like it snaps back to their real reality and that's like the same thing that happens in the green knight but in the opposite way like you see a, a version of his the rest of his life play out that was very sad and cruel and uh, lacks honor in a lot of ways. Um, but then it's all of a sudden like he's back to the real moment. And then you get the real ending. And I was just like, oh, I love that. Um, but I was fooled. I was fooled. I was like, I was too. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like, what a downer. idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you dumb. I was like, how could you do that? <laughs> I was like upset. <laughs> but yeah otherwise not like la la land at all but (laughs) thankfully so (laughs) Um, but yeah i just i really liked that and then i liked the actual ending itself like that last line is just so so great (laughs) remind me what's the last line (laughs) well he like he like he says he finally decides he's ready to die oh off you with your head yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) he like he like strokes his face very tenderly and he's like well done my brave knight or something like that he's like now off with your head (laughs) so good (laughs) i loved it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man but what what else did you like or i'm looking at my notes here Oh, man. Anything you did not like? (laughs) Something that I was surprised with, but not anything that I didn't like. Um, I guess, like, I I don't... I guess going into this, I thought that he would... I thought that there would actually be combat in this. Uh, Yeah. Um, That, like, the knight in him would actually, like, fight with swords or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and that was something I was surprised by. Um, right. And which I thought was really interesting, but yeah. No, that's a great point. I, I feel like I would have liked a little bit of that. Um, I like a good epic fight scene and, most movies. <laughs> yeah. um, and it is super interesting that that doesn't really ever happen here. Like, he's never, you know, coming into battle of any kind. Um, it's really just, like, a lot of interesting things he stumbles upon on this very long journey. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Which, that makes me wonder if that's why, yeah, like, people, some people were walking out of the movie or... Because it, it, even... In the trailer, I would say it looks like it's going to be something more similar to Lord of the Rings or something that's very action heavy, is building up to a big, you know, final epic battle or something like that. And that really never happens. Um, and I can understand how you could kind of fall on one side of that or the other. <laughs> no, that's funny that you said you mentioned Lord of the Rings, though, because. <laughs> I was, like, listening to him talk, and he was like, yeah, this is a low-budget movie, but it has some big names in it. You know, like, so Mm lower-budget movie, big names, and originally they had talked about, like, like, treating it like it was, like, a 1980s movie and not having, like, a lot of CGI, maybe just, like, doing these things in front of, like, a screen and that kind of thing, and then the further they got into it, they were, like, actually, like, they started pulling inspiration from like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. which in the cinematography the cinematography in this is absolutely stunning yes Um, oh my gosh is beautiful (laughs) yeah I want to live I want to live in that screen (laughs) (laughs) which part which part (laughs) I'd go with the giants I'd go with the giants that would be the giants yeah For, like, motherly, slow giants. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good part. I would definitely not want to be dealing with those child bandits, that's for sure. (laughs) Scared the crap out of me. (laughs) I have to say something. Yes. You know, I I love Barry Keoghan. I just Uh love him so much. And in this, like, I I even, like, the other night I revisited Killing of a Sacred Deer. uh, Oh, nice. I just really love him. And he's, he's in so much recently. And it's really sad because yeah. did you hear that he got jumped in I did hear that. Ireland? I was like, like what? Yeah. Yeah, he had to go like, to the hospital. Yeah. And he, it seems like it was almost like an act of like, it was personal because they mm-hmm. messed up his face really bad. And I think he's oh been gosh. like, he's been tweeting and like stuff like that now and he's out of the hospital, but I feel bad for him with that. But it, what was interesting about all those headlines, though, is it was like, it was like Barry Keoghan, uh, Eternals, like star of the Eternals. And I'm like, the Eternals <laughs> isn't even out yet. Right. It's like, just like, because it's Marvel, it, it automatically yeah. becomes his main credit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why? Why are we saying that? But no. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. Because he's been in so much and, and he's, he always stands out. And he really does. Yeah, that's he's funny. gonna be. I think he's like not going anywhere because he even has like yeah. a lot lined up for him too. But yeah, yeah. 
Oh man, I love I love his line in this when he's like, "You rest your bones, I'll finish your quest for you." Like it's so good, <laughs> and it's like bone chilling. He's so scary, but I really like him too. But oh man, yeah. he would just scare me to death in that situation. <laughs> yeah, but he's in the Eternals. He's gonna be in the Batman too. I'm like, yeah. Something else that I just learned that right now, David Lowry's directing Peter Pan and Wendy. I heard that too for Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. It comes out in 2022. <laughs> That's really exciting. I'm I'm stoked about it. I'm very curious. I, I think I read somewhere that he said, even though it's like a, obviously a children's story for Disney, that it is actually one of the most, uh, it deals with some of the more adult themes than like he really ever has before. I was like, that's very intriguing. That is <laughs> but I guess intriguing. there is some heavy stuff in Peter Pan if you really dig deep there. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you and I, I think we're both so disappointed by that other live action Wendy movie that came out a couple years ago. So <laughs> I was like, I had such high hopes for that movie and I was just very underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, it looked great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened there, but we get our second chance. <laughs> uh, you know who else I thought was really good in this was Joel Edgerton, um, who played the the Lord. You know, yeah. at the, he's, I think, he's another one that I'm just, like, happy wherever he turns up in movies. Um, but I, I really, I feel like I was really drawn to that character because I never felt like I could trust him. Like, I thought something was up, like he was going to do something bad, but he never did. He really was just, like, a kind host and friend to him, even though... Like, some stuff was going on with who I assume was his wife. Um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he looked really, like I his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the doppelganger of his, of his girlfriend back home. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really, really liked his performance. And, and Alicia Vikander, too. Um, the double-casted, uh, the only double-casted person in the movie. But, um, yeah, it's just... Really, really cool how they worked these different, like, vignettes and characters in. Um, and just something was always, like, slightly off kilter in each of those instances. But they always kind of worked in terms of the big picture. And it was, like, something Gawain had to had to encounter. Um, but I don't know. I just, I love Joel Egerton. <laughs> I'm trying to be deep about it. And it's really that simple. <laughs> well, no, I was, like, his character confused me a little bit not gonna lie like I was a little confused well one he just like happens by him by like complete chance or he's like found by Uh him or whatever but then like the kiss goodbye I'm like what does this kiss Mm -hmm. mean like I haven't really been able to get a good take on except except the part where he where he tells him like whatever you receive here like (laughs) I hope you'd share it back with me, that kind of thing, which he did yeah. not do considering he left with that belt. But the kiss right. goodbye just had me. I was like, interesting. What's, what's going interesting. on with the kiss? Yeah. Yeah. I heard one person say that they read it as um, that it was kind of showing that Gawain wasn't super comfortable, like with affection or with understanding, like, 
the different facets of what it is to be manly or something along those lines. Um, I can't remember exactly what they said, but, but yeah, I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to read in that either. Um, especially because like <laughs> both him and his wife are just like, come on very strong <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like a lot of things felt fishy, but then in the end, he just was able to up and leave and continue his quest. And I thought they were going to like try and kidnap him or something. So I was like, okay, yeah. I guess, I guess you are the good guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, it, I don't know. Part of it could be just like that. He shows how lost he is. that He can kiss the man who he was willing to be intimate with his wife or I don't know. It could right. be. Yeah. That's, yeah, know. that's another great point. Right. Yeah. It's like really, it should have made him uncomfortable because he just basically betrayed somebody who'd only been a good friend and host to him. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good point too. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> or it could be the the first part that we actually see him like something shaking him. I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah. But that whole, that whole like experience at their castle or whatever was very interesting like I thought like the idea and like the theme of like lust for power and control like Mm -hmm. for Gowan to hold on to his own life and not take the responsibility for like what he had signed up for this quest was like really brought home by that that whole situation but yeah yeah I agree yeah and that whole monologue that the lady has about about nature and green versus red was like really wonderful. Even though I wasn't sure I was tracking the whole time. I was like, wow, this just feels powerful. <laughs> it's just like big vibes. <laughs> it, it was powerful. I was like, wow, girl, you get it. <laughs> yeah. Something else I found interesting was, so I, in the interview that I had listened to or whatever, it, David was talking about how he like directed, wrote and edited this film. Which is, like, mm-hmm. a whole lot, you know, and <laughs> yes. to do for one film. But he was editing this film during quarantine. So this is one of the movies, like, this, it released over a year from when it was supposed to originally release or whatever. Mm-hmm. So with him editing it, it himself, he said that the the movie that he would have released a year ago is completely different than the movie that he ended up releasing and he just had all this time to perfect it in the editing process. So it's like a bright side of COVID, or like a right. bright side of quarantine. <laughs> that we I got know. The best version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love that. I, I read that too. And I think, like, I remember him mentioning kind of specifically that he let it, one of the big changes was just that he let it breathe more, that he let some of the scenes linger or like, you know, he just let them be long and, you know, kind of in the vein of that infamous pie eating scene from a ghost story um, that he like, he like dialed back the urge to chop it up and, you know, edit it to be something quick. And I love that. I'm like, to me, that was the right choice. Um, I went back today and watched I think the first five minutes of the movie are free on YouTube to watch because it's like one of their marketing promos. They're like, you can watch the full first five minutes. And I don't like to usually do that kind of stuff before I see the movie. But since I've already seen it, I was like, oh, go back and watch it. And um, 
one of the opening scenes after like you know his head gets set on fire and all the the creepy intro um it's just this really long just frame of like farm animals and these people milling about and it's like really long I didn't really (laughs) remember that from watching it the first time because I was kind of taking it all in and then it like slowly zooms out and you see you're actually watching this through Gawain's bedroom window and it keeps zooming until like you see him asleep and I was just like that is beautiful and I just love that like (laughs) I love a slow Um, you know, like we're not really going anywhere, but we're just sitting in this. And (laughs) I think when done well, it's just really, really nice to see. Like, it doesn't always have to be like, ah, like your, your head's on a swivel, like (laughs) to what's coming next. Um, and yeah, so, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, what all the differences are in the story that he changed, but for that aspect, I'm really glad too that you know, we got this movie version that we ended up getting. And I think that's, like you said, a, a blessing in disguise for sure. <laughs> no, same. And that beginning scene too was really beautiful. Like, I think there's like even like a dripping of water yeah. that's happening. It's just really well done. Right. But, yeah. I, I actually, keep something. Uh, I'm actually misunderstood the movie at like the, after first seeing it. Because at the beginning, like you were saying, you see the farm animals and stuff, and you see this couple who, like, Uh hurry off on a horse. Yeah. And I, well, I somehow (laughs) took that because King Arthur asked him to sit next to him at the Christmas feast or whatever. Uh. I somehow took that as, for some reason, King Arthur's son chose to flee. And that he oh. was now going to be, like, in line for the throne or whatever. But I had that completely wrong. It was just oh. some random farm couple. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so right. It just shows, like, how we've been trained. Like, this must mean something. Like, yes. And, the, and they do. They totally like, gallop off, like, with a purpose. The guy unsheaths the sword. And then, like, they ride off. And, and then it's like, yeah, you, you realize after the fact that you never saw them again. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm like, am I right? Was I right originally? Yeah, like maybe now I'm wondering, like maybe you, maybe I read it wrong. Maybe I'm giving David Lowry credit for something that didn't actually happen. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. Also, like King Arthur himself or whatever, like, I don't know why, but there was like something like I kept on looking for someone not to trust in this movie. And if originally mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know if I trust King Arthur. He looks a little sketch. But <laughs> right. And I'm like, who is the bad guy? Like, who's the bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I guess like King Arthur is technically known for being an honorable, just <laughs> technically really <laughs> the whole sword in the stone situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still questioning. So. <laughs> Did, well, you're depends, right. He did seem sketchy. It depends what your definition of honor is, I guess. Right. So. You're right. That's what we've learned. <laughs> it's not always that straightforward. Oh, man. But the woman who plays his wife is is from Game yeah. of Thrones. Yes. And she, like, breastfeeds her child until he's five. <laughs> right. And that was, like, That's like all, all I, I could think too. about. Same. I was like, oh my gosh, Robin's mom. <laughs> yeah. Because, and it jumps right back into your mind because it's very much like a similar setting as where I forget which uh, kingdom they were in. But um, 
Yeah, it's funny. It just like takes you right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I feel really like it'd be really hard to do this movie on a low budget. But but I feel like I they did phenomenally well. Like with yeah. all the costumes and like it being a period oh, piece yes. and stuff like that, like they did really well. It it didn't look fake or like costumey to me at all. Um, I agree. I oh man, that was such a standout aspect of this movie to me was the costuming like the attention to detail is just incredible like Guinevere in the beginning is wearing her dress is just covered in these tiny little pewter charms like the whole front of it and I was just like I I can't wait to watch it again where I can just pause it and look up close (laughs) at what they're wearing but but yeah I totally agree it does not feel low budget at all everything feels rich and like very you know was alive back then but it feels very true to the time period (laughs) all right well um i think it sounds like we both really love the green knight um but i also want to know what else you've seen recently that you've really been loving so what stood out to you um so you inspired me on our last episode and i went and watched crazy rich asians (gasps) oh that's amazing yeah, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I'm it so was glad to hear that. <laughs> such a good movie, and Aquafina just had me rolling the entire time. Um, but yeah, I recently watched that and loved it, so thanks for the wreck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad. Did you cry at the wedding scene? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> did you feel something? <laughs> I, I felt all the things. <laughs> Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you liked it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. What about you? What have you seen? All right. So the thing I've seen most recently that is sticking out the most to me is definitely Annette. Um, I just watched it the other day. (laughs) We both had that on our most anticipated list. Um, But honestly, this is the movie that, well, the only movie that I've been this stumped on, like what to rate it on Letterboxd, like what really to think. I I wrote a little snippet of a review, but I still have not rated it. (laughs) I did decide to heart it and I might just leave it at that, but. Wait, what are you gonna rate it? I wouldn't know what you're gonna rate it. (laughs) I really, I, I feel like I need to ruminate. It's just, it's very, I don't even know what the right word is. Um, There are aspects of it that I loved and aspects of it that I was like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this at all, but I can respect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, The opening scene is incredible. Like, basically one of the best movie openings I've seen in a really long time. And it, it, I loved, um, it's very exuberant and fun. And I think part of it was that set me up to think I was going to experience that through the whole movie. But it takes some very different tones. Not that those are the wrong tones, but... um, it's just a lot, and <laughs> I, I watched it, let's see, I guess three days ago now, um, so I'm kind of like, should I watch it again? But I did decide I think I like it overall, and part of that is because I've been listening to parts of the soundtrack, so I'm like, you know, I wouldn't go back and do that if I really didn't enjoy this experience. Um, so what so was yeah. the tone of the movie? Now you have me intrigued. Like, <laughs> It's just... Um, so it, it has some dark themes, like I don't want to spoil anything, um, but at, at the same time, those themes seem kind of in sync with like traditional opera and musicals, and so I think 
that's cool that they kind of try to stay true to that format. But then there's just also weird French stuff, like how Annette is a puppet, and that's like an odd, <laughs> an odd aspect of the movie, especially with like the things that are going on, and it's very fantastical. Um, Wait, and... is it obvious she's a puppet? Yeah, yeah, like she's like a wooden puppet, like Pinocchio oh. style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's odd, right? Um, but I do think the story is ambitious and I think all the Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard and, um, Simon Helberg are all so great. Like their performances are amazing. Um, so you got to respect that. It's just like, I can't wait to talk to you after you've seen it. It's like, there's so much I want to say that I don't want to spoil, but it's having a hard time knowing what to make of it. And, but I do think that I liked it. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's like a tricky one. Don't don't be afraid to say you didn't like a movie with Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that I did. I just like, <laughs> I just don't know if it's, it's just like nothing I've ever seen before. I'll say that. Like there's, I have no real like comparison in my brain. And maybe that's what it is that maybe... The director has just blown my mind so much that I haven't even caught up with how I really feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a divisive movie though, from what I've seen, just how other people have rated it. And now I totally understand why. Because I thought it was just something weird. And I'm like, I like weird stuff pretty much all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's just weird and it's a lot and it wasn't weird in like the quirky way I thought it was going to be so um yeah I'm really just really just rambling but I think I, I would recommend it to people so it's like an experience you need to have you know yeah well I think I'll watch it this weekend okay. it's it's cool speaking of speaking <laughs> of looking forward to watch that's on my looking forward to watch list but nice. what, are, what are you looking forward to um, so I have tickets to see Candyman later this weekend, so that's what it is. I'm really, really excited. It kind of crept up on me. For some reason, I thought we still had a month or so to go until Candyman came out, but it's in a few days, so I'm really excited for that, for sure. It, it feels like the first, um, spooky season movie to come out, so I'm like, oh, now it's fall. It's like this whole thing, yeah. and it's hundred, literally 100 degrees here. Um, they so are, they are putting a lot of ads out there for Candyman. <laughs> they there's are. A, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. It's kind of worrisome, because I'm like, are they overcompensating? But um, hopefully it's, that's not. Hopefully they're just like, everyone needs to see this, because it's going to be a moment. Um, yeah. But I just, I'm a fan of the original one, so I'm excited to see this new part of the story for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the most imminent thing. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that wraps us up for this episode. Yeah. Thanks for talking movies with us. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.